For more than a decade, Saturdays and Illegal Curve have been synonymous with one another. With insight, analysis, and interviews regarding the Winnipeg Jets, the Manitoba Moose, and all around the NHL, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show starts now. Good morning, Winnipeg. Good morning, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this morning on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good morning, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show with Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here for the next couple of hours, getting you set for this afternoon's matinee contest between the Jets and the Dallas Stars. Absolutely, we will also touch on the Bombers and the BC Lions at some point during this podcast show. It is a very busy Super Sports Saturday here with Illegal Curve. Gentlemen, good to see you. It is Remembrance Day, so of course we pay uh, we pay remembrance to all those who have fought for the betterment of our country. We salute them. We thank them for their service, past, present, and continuing. Of course, uh, as he is uh, missing the poppy, but that is because not for a lack of trying. We will give him, a, we'll cut him some slack on this one. But we know that you certainly put forth the effort to get that poppy on there, Mister Ginsburg. I actually do have a poppy. I'm not just wearing it. It's it's upstairs on my jacket. So I apologize for not wearing it. But I echo what you said. It's a very important day. I think all of our grandparents uh, most likely served for Canada in the Second World War, right? So it's very important to wear the poppy. So again, I apologize, but we've got the top covered with Dave M and, and Drew, so we're good. Yes, exactly right. And, you know, that it is important to wear the poppy. It is important to remember those who have fought for the freedom that we get to experience uh, each and every day. So we thank everyone for their service, of course. And I'm sure it'll be uh, there'll be uh, some remembrances and some ceremonials uh, throughout the different sporting events happening in Winnipeg uh, today. Uh, of course, downtown Winnipeg is going to be the site of the Jets and the Stars, a central division matchup, a central division clash between two of the three top teams in the Central Division. And then later on this afternoon, later this evening, the Bombers and the BC Lions in on the campus of the University of Manitoba. So a very busy day, but keep it locked to a legal curve all day long uh, for your latest coverage on the Jets and, of course, the Manitoba Moose as well. Mr. Manouk, nice to see you on this Remembrance Day Saturday. Thank you, Drew. Uh, and Ezzy, nice uh, intro, Drew. I'm not going to add anything yeah. much because I think that was a good one. But yeah, you're right. We have to pay. Uh, we have to honor those who 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 did who allow us to do what we do uh, with freedom. So uh, we thank everyone who who has served and who is going to, who's currently serving and those who will serve in the future. So uh, thanks to everyone who does that. Who makes Canada the best place to live in the world? And uh, we, you know, have to I be, agree with that. We have Amen. to remember. We have to remember that. So, uh, you know, we're we're wearing the poppies as as a way to to pay a little bit of tribute to to those in need. But of course, or those who serve. Sorry, and and something that you know, even though we we do this for Remembrance Day, it's something that we should be thinking about constantly, not just uh, between the end of October and November 11th. But you know, it, it's it's been a busy week, of course, in Jets land, and and mm-hmm. Jets are back in town, and and the Moose are in town. So, of course, the Jets sent Dominic Toninato back they're they're running a little lean right now up top at the big club because they sent Toninato down so they've got uh 12 forwards up with the jets and of course the two extra d in in um logan stanley and declan chisholm but uh yeah it's an it's been a big it's an interesting week we heard you know yesterday was an emotional day uh, in yeah. jets land if you didn't get a chance to see it we've got that on our youtube channel neil pionk and um 
and uh, Alex Iafalo both spoke uh, following morning or following practice, I should say, and they spoke about Adam Johnson, their good friend, uh, emotionally at times uh, about how much he meant to them and, and the hockey communities surrounding him, and also the um, what the organization has done for them and what what it meant you know, chartering the plane, like Neil Pionk put it in, in real terms. And he said the difference was, had we not had the blessing or had we may have had the blessing, but not the backing, I should say, of the organization, what ends up happening is they get eight to 10 hours in Hibbing, Minnesota with their friends and family, most likely just for the funeral, not necessarily the celebration of life. But instead, because the organization chartered them a plane, they ended up getting there. And according to Neil Pionk, spending over 24 hours with Adam Johnson's family, their own family. And we saw it like uh, Gene Toninato was talking about how important it is. Dominic's mother, who was talking about how important it was for the families to have their kids with them and stuff like that. So um, I think the, it was a, it was a feather in the cap of the organization about how they support their players. Scott O'Neill spoke yep. about it. The associate coach, of course, uh, here in Winnipeg. Well, it shows you that, you know, what's the most important in life, right? It's not hockey. That's not the most important thing in life, right? And yeah. you can tell that, especially the Minnesota guys, uh, you know, this has galvanized them. Obviously, it's a, a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's brought them all together. And you're right, Dave. I, I, I listened to Neil Pionk and Alex Iafallo, and you can tell – you know, they thank Mark Chipman personally. Um, so that really was a, a classy gesture. And mm. it's uh, it's it's a tragedy. And you know that those guys are going to be playing for Adam Johnson, not just for the rest of this year, but for the rest of their careers, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, Dominic Toninato was also very close. Uh, like we've talked about Neil Pionk and Alex Iafalo playing with him for the University of Minnesota Duluth. So I echo what you said. They They really appreciate that. So good on the Jets organization for doing that. And good on the players for speaking. I mean, you, you you know it wouldn't have been easy for them to to speak, and they certainly uh, took their time as they should before they were able to you know uh, find the words and, and everything else. But you, you're right, Dave. It was an emotional day uh, yesterday, the practice. Uh, yesterday, about 1 o'clock, I think, practice was, or give or take, uh, maybe 12. 12 noon or so. Um, uh, it was downtown. 12. It was, Drew, it, was, it was 12. I just happened to be late because I was coming from, uh, from uh, Hockey okay. for All Center. Fair <laughs> enough. 1 o'clock we'll, somewhere, Drew. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cut Dave some slack there. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know they, they, they get back onto the ice and it, you know it's not an important game but it's a good game today it's a good sort of proverbial measuring stick game uh uh today against the dallas stars you know the jets are one point behind the dallas stars way too early to be looking at the standings but you know with a with a not even a win today as much but with continued good performances that we've seen from this team as we've seen over the last couple of weeks where they're racking up these points you know they will continue to separate from the rest of the central division and i think that is significant you look you know the jet the jets the avalanche and the stars right now are getting close enough where they're making they're they're getting some breathing room between the other teams, the bottom teams in the central division, the teams that are sort of scuffling, the Blues, the Coyotes, who I wouldn't describe necessarily as scuffling, but they're playing some you know better hockey than you'd expect. Minnesota Wild, they're definitely a team that's scuffling. So you know, with and of course we know that the other shoe can just as easily drop because we saw it happen last year. But it just continues to you know stress the importance of banking these points like the. Jets are doing like the Vancouver Canucks are doing in the Pacific Division. You know, didn't you, didn't you, think you you'd necessarily be say, saying that this early in the season, right, Drew? Like, I mean, for all the talk of how poorly the Oilers have played, uh, the Canucks have probably been the biggest surprise in the league so far. I would say. 
Well, the Canucks are, are are playing tremendous hockey, and it's you know they're they're ten two and one, and they're not going to stay at that you know eight hundred uh, you know uh, points percentage. And I don't no. think you need to be a mathematician to know that. But you know, for the Canucks, talk, just talk or, about the PDO, Drew. Just talk about the PDO. Well, I mean, I talked about the PDO uh, on the post game show, but for the, talk Canucks, about the PDO, for the PDO, we'll Jets, talk about the PDO. For the Canucks, the Jets, other teams like that. Look, points in the standings are points in the standings. They don't ever take your points away. So they're stealing Dave's shtick right now, Drew. This is Dave's shtick when he talks about banking the points. Well, I mean, it's a good shtick. Sometimes you gotta steal from the you gotta steal from the best. But you know, for for the Jets today, this is just. I mean, I think you just want to continue to play the way you've been playing, and you're likely going to get some decent results. You look at the Dallas Stars, you know, entering today's game, you know, a very, you know, also a good possession team, also a team that has a good, uh, you know, expected goals for. Uh, the, uh, the Stars have an, are fourth in the league in expected goals for. The Jets shortly behind them at seventh. You look at both teams' Corsi percentage, the Jets are fourth, uh, you know, in Corsi, Dallas a little bit further down at 11th. But these are, so far this year at least, Dave, these are two, you know, uh, upper echelon NHL teams. Now, I don't know that that's going to last, and I don't know that it's necessarily going to be what I say at game 82. It's going to last. So, but these so far, the these are two yeah. teams that, 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 that ha- by all the metrics, seem like they're in the, in the upper half of the NHL. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, the only thing it's, with Dallas that I find funny slash curious is that their PK is the best PK in the NHL, I think at 92%, and their power play is 29th, I think, or 30th in the NHL at, uh, I think, like, it's bad. It's like 9.1% or something like that. Maybe 29th or 30th, whatever. It's 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 amongst the bottom. 29th, so, 9.1%, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, it's very, uh, very, very interesting how they've got that sort of disparity because, you know, Scott O'Neill was asked about that. And he said, usually around this time of the year, the power plays are running hot and the PKs are 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 working. But, but I mean, or sorry, the, yeah, the power plays yeah. are running hot, not the PK. And yet in for them, it's the inverse. But regardless, uh, Dallas has been a very good team. And, they, and they're, they're you know, he was asked about the top line. He goes, well, look, they, you know, you can't forget about the Rupa Hints line. You can't forget mm-hmm. about what Wyatt Johnson is doing. So they've got a lot of talent in Dallas. And this is going to be a good clash. It's going to be a really good test for both clubs. And... You know, Winnipeg's feeling very good about their game, rightly so, because as we've talked about, as we've outlined throughout the last week, I mean, this was a good five-on-five team. It was a good getting better special teams team, and especially now in the last few games. And now it's just a function of will they get the goaltending? And if they can get the goaltending with those other two things, especially because the five-on-five play really from the outset since that Calgary game. I mean, Mason Appleton talked about it in his conversation with Murat. He basically said there's only so many periods that we don't like throughout this season it's not like they're saying there's entire stretches there mm-hmm. are only a few periods and i you can understand that right as there's the game against la there's a couple there's a period against vegas so there are instances where they could say okay well we don't like that but, but from that game against calgary which they felt like they should have at least gotten a point out or, or won on game one to game 13 this jets team has felt good about the way they've played five on five they've cleaned up their special teams they're firing now in both instances and they've started to pick up into the I think they're in the late teens, seventeenth uh, or something like that. Uh, the the PK might still be twenty fourth, but the point is PK. So the power play is eighteenth at eighteen point four percent, and like you said, the PK is down. It's still you know improving, but it's at twenty fourth in the league. At but it was thirty point. Yeah. Oh no, I'm it was thirty. So yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying. So they've improved, and again, it's going to take a while because when you're that bad, you have mm-hmm. you know you have to take a little bit of time to get it back up there. But then you can see both are rising, right? As so if they yeah. can just get well, Connor Hellebuck and Lauren Brassois. Sure, the penalty kill was 100% uh, last game versus mm-hmm. Nashville, right? So, yeah. I mean, the, the penalty kill 
I think we've talked about it. We knew we weren't as worried about the power play as opposed to the penalty kill, which was so excellent last year. And that's starting to come around. As you mentioned, it's probably going to keep climbing. And I think two guys, I mean, if you look at just ice time in the forward groups, we've talked a lot about the forward depth. That's what I'm going to be focusing on in this game versus Dallas, right? Like I, I think we would all agree Ehlers, Perfetti, and Nemestikov have played well together, mm-hmm. but the results, you know, at times haven't been there. So really, I mean, the Lowry line has been the Jets' second line in terms of mm-hmm. usage, but the top line and the fourth line have been equally as good. Like we've talked about it, like David Gustafson's already got a couple goals. Uh, Rasmus Kupari has been solid all year long. We know how fast he is and how skilled he is. You know, he's been great there. Morgan Barron, he's a guy that, you know, played on the third line for the majority of last season. He's a guy that could easily get bumped up to the third line, but with how well Lowry Appleton and Niederreiter are playing, that's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So I'm really interested to see, you know, how that second line does, because I think, you know, you would say that, you know, that line maybe is underperforming a little bit, whereas you can't say that about the other three forward lines. So like Dave said, right, like, if, if Hellebuck, you know, if we see more A-plus performances from Hellebuck and obviously to a lesser extent, Brassois, I mean, yeah, this team is going to be a top team in the Central, a top team, you know, in the West. And we don't want to get too excited here, you know, 13 games in, but you have to like what you've seen. And yeah, like if the Jets beat the Stars tonight, guys, we're not going to give them the Stanley Cup. But I mean, it's definitely a good measuring stick because I mentioned this in the summer. I mean, that's the thing. Dallas has kind of been like a criminally underrated team, in my opinion, over the years. Like, look, Jake Ottinger is at the very least a top 10 goalie in the league, if not a top five or six goalie in the league. Yeah, and then you throw in Matt at- Duchesne, right? And like I said this to you guys, like Matt Duchesne for one year, I think it was $3 million. This is a guy who a couple of years ago had 80 points. Mm-hmm. So you're adding a, a Duchesne into a group that already has Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben. Like this Stars team is legit. And again, I still think the Avalanche are the best team in the in the Central and arguably the West. But yeah, this Dallas team is is very good. And and I believe Radic Faxa is still out. He's a staple of the bottom six. But Matt Duchesne is back. I think he had four points the other night. Well, you know, you look at Dallas and you mentioned Dallas there as in you look at their forward depth. I mean, their forward depth is, you know, we talk about the Jets forward depth, you know, a lot. And we've talked about it all offseason and how that's improved. Dallas's forward depth is very impressive. I mean, one through 12, when it comes to their uh, when it comes to their forward depth, they have bonafide NHLers and they probably have some bonafide NHLers playing even lower in their lineup than they would on a lot of other teams. I mean, it is, it's a very impressive Dallas stars team. That's why I'm excited for today's game. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. only so many games on the schedule that you can sort of feel that there's a, you know, that there's maybe an extra level of excitement towards. This is one of them, at least early on in the year, where these are two teams. They're, you know, central, they're both in the central division. Uh, They are, ostensibly rivals Dave and there's a lot of I would say similarities between the two teams you know Dallas with their forward depth the great goaltending I mean Jake Ottinger's numbers this year are are are, you know truly incredible six two and one nine thirty three save percentage and a 2.10 goals against average I mean those are uh Vesno numbers clearly if he keeps it up at that pace and the stars mm-hmm. continue nobody should be surprised by that either no, right no, no, like no. he's a first no. round pick and he's been doing this you know since he entered the NHL like Ottinger yeah. you know you know that Drew I mean just for people who forgot like Ottinger has been I mean a top prospect for the stars for a long time so I agree and and I think you know look at when you have I think the I think is Duchesne on the third line like they've got I know they've got Mason Mason Marchment 
on the Dude, third line there. Marchment, Duchesne, and, Sa- and Sagan are their yeah. third line. Like, guys, that's a top line on the Sharks. <laughs> it's a top right? line like, on I'm not, the Sharks. Yeah. I'm not joking. Or or it's a it's at the very least a second line. Um, but absolutely, Drew, I think when you're comparing the Jets and the, the Stars, the forward depth is, is a wash. I think nobody has the advantage there, Dave. Yeah, and, and again, like I said, I think to me the big test will be Connor Hellebuck. Will he step up? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he likes to, you know, when he knows that there's a marquee matchup. And I believe we've heard Connor Hellebuck say how much he enjoys these afternoon games, as he. So to me, Connor Hellebuck is going to be the linchpin of this game because, again, the goaltending hasn't been fantastic. I mean, look, there's been a number of games where the Jets, Dylan DeMello's saves come to mind, right? Dylan DeMello making a pair of nice saves. Vlad Demesnikov. Guys Sorry, I agree, with Sp- I agree with Spencey, by the way. Ben versus Lowry would be a nice little tilt. Yeah, but let's be realistic. Lowry, Lowry's going to leave Ben to the guy who he knows likes to fight him. Nikolai Ehlers, of course. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see if that if they 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 fought at least once I, that I can recall. I don't know if they'll fight again, but um, no, I mean I, I think the 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 key in today's matchup is is going to be Connor Hellebuck because again there have been a number of instances in that St. Louis game I think of specifically where those guys had the goaltender beat they just shot the puck wide mm-hmm. and it could have changed the entire way the game looks. So you do need Connor Hellebuck to play the way Connor Hellebuck has been. And again, the Jets have been opportunistic and have been able to take advantage of their of these opportunities they've created for themselves in the way they played better defensively. And they talked about, you know, Scott O'Neill talked about it with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor coming back and then setting up that goal. They said they were excited about the goal, but they're also excited about the way it manifested itself. And so for me, that's that's going to be a key against this Dallas team because again, you're like you guys just touched on. This is a deep team. And, and it's not by mistake that they've been able to do what they've been able to do. So, yeah, like I said, their, their, their power play isn't great right now. So that'll be good for the Jets. They can work on the PK if they need to. Yeah. But ultimately, you really need to have, again, you've been a very good five-on-five team. So you're going to need the, the difference, the edge potentially in between these two teams could come down to goaltending. And so you're going to need Connor Hellebuck to play like Connor Hellebuck has been over the number of last number of years. It's and I just wanted to throw in one thing. Sorry, Drew, like you mentioned, the power play for Dallas is, is, is uh, not where they'd like it to be similar to the jets though. I mean, with Jason Robertson and Miro Heiskanen, and, you know, we talked about Joe Pavelski, mm-hmm. I think a, a future hall of famer. I think, you know, there's Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, right? Like the names go on and on and on Matt Duchesne. I mean, that power play similar to the jets. If, if that power play starts to get a little bit better, I mean, look out for the Dallas Stars, right? So you're absolutely right, though, Dave. I mean, this is going to be, there's going to be chances traded in this game. Both Hellebuck and Ottinger are going to have to be really good. I would not expect a low-scoring game uh, at all with these two teams, even though Dallas is a pretty damn good defensive team. And I think another thing, too, is Ryan Suter. Uh, this was written about uh, by Saad, Saad Youssef for The Athletic. Um, Ryan Suter is having a much better year because he, str- he struggled a little bit to kind of find his his groove after coming over from the wild. So just wanted to throw that in there, but I agree, Dave. I mean, you can't really say it enough. Both of these teams are, are really deep uh, and you might give the advantage a little bit to the stars right now when it comes to go- goaltending and defense, just because of how well Ottinger's playing. I, would but give him I, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get too excited about, you know, saying that Ottinger is necessarily, you know, on the throne now for Hellebuck. I think, you know, Hellebuck's going to be fine. Well, and I, and I think Hellebuck will, uh, will, 
use that as motivation. I mean, not that he necessarily needs it, but I think Connor Hellebuck has, and it was a good point you you made, Dave, how how much Connor Hellebuck. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was a good point that I made. Thanks. No, Thanks, no, 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 you haven't made a good point in a while in a long time. Yeah, you're in, in been, fact, you're overdue yeah. for one. I would say it's been four but, or five years. I would say. Yeah. Uh, talking about uh, you know how much Hellebuck likes the afternoon games because his, mm-hmm. his and his record is as you know in the afternoon games is is quite. He is also impressive. loves Tuesday games, Drew. Tuesdays, are <laughs> Tuesday games. Tuesdays. Yeah. And yeah. Imagine yeah. if he played on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Boy, the world would just yeah. uh, you know that that would be really where he's. No, he, wants to play on- he doesn't like Wednesdays though. Wednesdays he, just bother him. He'd he'd rather just you know have the day off on Wednesday. Okay. If he wants, he can go down rats. to the Moose. He can go down on a conditioning assignment to the Moose and play for the Moose on Monday morning, ten thirty. There you go. Who knows what he how he, who knows how he feels about. Monday morning game. That 7,000 screaming kids yelling and screaming the entirety <laughs> of the game. But, you know, I, I was sort of, I was going to say, you look at these two teams and they're sort by of that. Good point Sorry, Drew. I mean, it's true. Hellebuck and Ottinger right now, if there was a World Cup of Hockey, they'd be one too. They would certainly, for the U.S., yeah, they would yep. certainly be, uh, and Canada, I don't even know who Canada's goalie would be, but that's a separate issue altogether. It would be Jordan Bennington, obviously. Oh, God. Um, but I was going to say, this is a very Spider-Man meme sort of game between these two teams, I think. A lot of similarities, as we touched on, goaltending. I, I mean, I think I like the Stars forward group a little bit more. I think mm-hmm. they just probably have a little bit more scoring all throughout. I mean, the Jets have been terrific. We know their forwards have not been the issue, and and you know, I, and I think I like the Stars' defense a little bit more. So I would give an advantage uh, to the Dallas Stars, but I don't think it's a. They've also been a good. One. They've also Drew. They've also been a very good road team. I think they're five one. Five one and one. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So I mean, look, this isn't a sizable advantage. I don't. I think these two teams are very similar, and, and I think this is. I mean, the, the the both teams are coming off of victories. I think mm-hmm. Dallas was down two nothing to Columbus, and then uh, scored five unanswered goals yeah. on. And then they uh, realized they were night. playing Columbus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they they won handily there. Um, you know, the da- Dallas have been playing good hockey in the last uh, in their last number of games. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Jets are six two and two in their last ten. This is going to be a good hockey game. This is going yeah. to be, I think, a a very entertaining hockey game between two teams that you know fancy themselves as 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 contenders and and you know towards the top of the central division so i do believe that this is going to be one of those games that is you know proverbially worth the money that you pay for uh you know today and i'm excited about it and i'm I'm looking forward to it you know the stars defense i mean it's not you know both teams defense i think would would leave me if you had to upgrade either team uh, or if their respective general managers are probably going to be looking to upgrade on on, on mm-hmm. either team, I would say it's probably on the back end for both of these guys, for both of these teams. I mean, the stars with Suter and Heiskanen. I mean, Heiskanen is still uh, the, is the stud on the back end there. I know Suter is probably uh, you know still got some name cachet and he's been better this year, but he's not what Ryan Suter once was. You know, when he was in the prime of his career, Essa Lindell also a very you know a good defenseman. And then there's sort of the, the next three guys are, are are a little less well known, not as household names, uh, you know, in, in Hackenbach and Thomas player. Harley and Lungfist. Sorry, yeah, what he said. Those are all good players, though. Like yeah, I, no, I agree with saying. you. They're not they're not household names, but you know, Yakenpah is obviously uh, what is he six foot five, Dave, like or something like that, six foot four. He's a big defenseman, and, and yeah, I mean, if and Thomas Harley, he's a young defenseman. He's only what 23, 24 years old, like. I think uh, who's the other and, guy they and, have? In the and back Harley end? was a first round pick, so I mean it's not he like was. Harley doesn't Joel, have a pedigree. Joel Hanley is that the other guy that they they, they went uh, recently? They went seven defensemen, and just as an aside, they went seven defensemen and eleven forwards recently. A few games back when Duchesne was still out of the lineup, and Pete DeBoer I thought had a very interesting comment because we've talked about the seven 
uh, and 11, seven defensemen, 11 forwards before, right? And he said he doesn't really like it because that means that you have to play, you know, a couple forwards, most likely, you know, 25, 26, 27 minutes. And I think uh, Jason Robertson was around 27 or 28 minutes. I just thought it was interesting that he didn't really want to play seven defensemen and 11 forwards. But you're right, Drew, if there is, you know, something that you're looking at, um, you know, if you're Jim Nil, and obviously, you know, Dallas is playing well, I don't think uh, a trade is imminent. Like, I don't think... No. They're going to trade uh, for Nikita Zadorov. I know T. Konopoly thinks he might be a good fit for the for the Jets. I just, you know, look at Zadorov's big. He, he, you know, he can move. He's a physical player. I just yeah. don't know if I necessarily see a, see a fit for Zadorov on the Jets. I'm, I'm also not really sure what, you know, why Zadorov is so unhappy in Calgary. It's Everybody's unfortunate. unhappy in Calgary. I think that's yeah, that's we got to we, we give a shout. Thanks to T. Konopoly for the, uh, for the donation to the IC fund. That was very kind of you. He yes. wants to talk about uh, Zadarov to Winnipeg, but it sounds like Zadarov wants a beach town. So it sounds no, he like says apparently according to Chris Johnson, he says he would be interested. He would be happy to go to Toronto. Like if you look at the tweet from CJ yesterday, well, there's there's we'll, the you know Lake Huron, there's a yeah, number of yeah, Lake Ontario, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Muskoka is, is a beautiful place, boys. Yeah, what 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 CJ said yesterday after Kevin Weeks, uh, you know, I think maybe had the initial tweet. CJ then followed up and said, you know, Zadarov would welcome a trade to Toronto, and they specified Toronto, which is you know. I mean, I'm not sure how the Leafs are the only problem is, salary the only problem in, is does Brad Tree living on Zadarov? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's the Calgary connection there, but I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think Zadarov is is what Toronto needs right now. I'm. I'm just going to leave it at that. I just. I mean, he's an okay defenseman, but is is Zadarov like a second pairing defenseman on a good team? Like, I don't. I just don't know. I think he's. Uh, it's been mixed results for him in his career. Yeah, uh, you know, and he's got some offensive upside. I mean, I think last year he had 14 goals. But, I mean, you know, I, I just don't know that any team is, is you know, willing to give up a young prospect for him because that's what Calgary needs. They need no. mm -hmm. they need youth and they need skill. Uh, and, and I just don't know that there's going to be an overwhelming demand for Zadarov, especially at this point. Like, uh, does Zadarov maybe get you a second-round draft pick or a third-round draft pick? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. a team would, would See, Those are Nino Niederreiter numbers right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, and I, you know, for those asking, I don't expect the Jets would uh, to be in on him. But, uh, you know, again, it would, it, it's unlike the Jets to make a, to make a trade. Just Stanley for Zadorov, one for one. There you go. The trade <laughs> is one for one. Call it in. That one I'm okay with. If you call that one in, get the I'm okay with that. By the way, Drew, we, we got to give Bailey's dad a, a happy yes. birthday shout-out. Happy birthday, Bailey's dad. When we come back, Ted Wyman joins us for Jets Talk, Bomber Talk, much more on a super Saturday here with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Saturday morning, we're back with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, getting a set for the Jets and the Dallas Stars, the Bombers and the Lions, and then the Illegal Curve postgame show right around 4.30 or so this afternoon, a very busy day ahead. We're thrilled to welcome to the program our very good friends, the sports editor for the Winnipeg Sun, Ted Wyman joins us on the program. Teddy, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. I'm great. Great to see you guys. Uh, great to be uh, involved in uh, your show on this Super Saturday. Super Saturday, indeed. It's going to be a busy, busy day as everyone or a lot of people are going to try and do the doubleheader. Another second straight year, I think they've had to try and do the doubleheader or, you know, be given last year the same sort of conflict between the Jets and the Bombers with the Bombers Western final and the Jets having to move the start time. But uh, I think it's a good problem to have is, is, is what that is. And Teddy will touch on the Bombers, of course, throughout the course of this interview. But we'll start with the Winnipeg Jets. 
you know, a, a good start to the season. Certainly as of late, this Winnipeg Jets team is playing some impressive hockey, you know, points in eight of their last nine, seven, four and two so far this season. You know, when you watch the Jets so far this year, what what's standing out to you more than say maybe that you didn't necessarily expect at the beginning of the year? You know, it's it's going to be funny because I think I could answer a question about the Jets and the Bombers with the same word that impresses me the most, and it's balance, guys. I mean, in all honesty, the balance of these Jets lines is something I don't know that we've really seen before. And I mean, the way they've they've moved the 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 talent, the scoring around to have a line like the Lowry, Niederreiter, Appleton line doing so much, and then you've got. Perfetti and Ehlers on a line and then the top line it sort of freed up this top line with Shifley and Connor on it to be really successful and I I just think it's something that people have clamored for for years to sort of build that balance and have more of a top nine than a top six and a bottom six and I think that's what the Jets have right now and it comes in waves I think the fourth line is looking pretty solid as well and particularly in terms of their possession so um that's what has impressed me the most. Uh, and I think the fact that for a lot of the games, it seemed like they were playing, I thought they were playing really good um, analytical hockey. Uh, Possession-wise, they were doing really well, but then the, the special teams were just awful for a while. They've stabilized those, and look at what's happening. They're winning hockey games. Yeah, and, and we talked about this after the Preds-Jets game, Ted, and I'm sure that you guys have talked about it on, on Jets setting, right? Like, and and obviously in in print in the Winnipeg Sun, right? Like the Hellebuck and Brassois have been good, but they haven't been you know at that excellent level that we thought with Brassois become you know being the starting goalie for Vegas in the first round and having a good year last year with the Golden Knights, and obviously Hellebuck just being Hellebuck, his normal Vesna self. So when you consider that the goaltending hasn't had to steal games many nights, and then also the fact that Ehlers, Perfetti, Nemesnikov, they've been good, but also they haven't been necessarily at the same level as the Shifley line or the Lowry line. So it, it kind of, you know, makes you wonder, like Drew mentioned this last week, he asked Dave and I, like, is the ceiling higher than maybe we thought at the beginning of the year? I still think the Jets are the second or third team, best team in the in the Central. Uh, but you wonder, I mean, if if they keep playing like this if and, and sustain it throughout a season, if the Jets maybe could be the best team in the Central. Well, it's winning games in different ways, right, As and, and, I mean, you can't expect your goaltender to win all of them for you. But they've got the goalies, particularly in Hellebuck, who can win some for you, even if you're not the better team on the ice. So that's a bonus. But when I think this team is playing well enough to win most of the games they've played this year, I'm trying in my, you know, I've watched all the games, and I'm trying to think of ones where they just weren't in it. They didn't really deserve a chance to get two points in that game. And there's not very many, you know, there really aren't. And and I think that that's what's really encouraging for me. Even early on in the season, they were around 500 or a little below. And, and I was looking at it thinking, you know, maybe this was when there was eight games into the season. I was saying they could have had seven wins. So I do think that they're playing a good, a good enough brand of hockey. It's not crazy. You know, it's like, it's like, it's not like I'm sitting there going, wow, this is a Stanley cup contender right now i don't see that with this team not necessarily but they're they're playing pretty good hockey now the thing that all obviously comes to mind for me is i've seen this picture before haven't we <laughs> this was a really good team early last season so it's all going to be about how much they can sustain this for the whole season not have any of those crazy dips like they had last year not have players check out like they had last year 
They've got to have this sustained for the whole season. They do so. I think you're right, realistically, second or third in the Central. And when you get into the playoffs, maybe you get a home playoff series. you got a chance to make some noise. Well, it was a week ago today, Teddy, that you guys at the Winnipeg Sun, specifically Scott Billick, broke the news that uh, Nino Niederreiter wants an extension in Winnipeg. You know, and Scott wrote about it again in the Sun a couple of days later, talking more, adding more specificity to the deals. Give details. that man a raise, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here to do. We're here to give Scott a raise. But no, uh, you know, I, I think, first of all, it helps dismiss that idea, right, Ted, that nobody wants to sign in Winnipeg. And, and, and Winnipeg is this. Scott O'Neill talked about it a little bit, talking about how folks, you know, what the Jets organization did for Neil Pionk, Alex Iapello, and some of the other Minnesota guys getting them to Adam Johnson's uh, funeral and celebration of life, what that kind of, how that resonates and, and you see it, right. And you don't need a rider, not saying that that had an impact obviously, but I mean, the report comes out from Scott that you don't need a rider wants an extension. So, I mean, Scott said that we're, he's going to, his agent's going to be in town. So do you think that this is going to be something that's going to be imminent or do you think it's just more of the details are being fleshed out right now? And, and again, what does that say about the city and the organization that players like Nino need rider who could command quite a bit on the, on the UFA market. If he goes to that in July, is, is saying he wants to stay here around in Winnipeg. Well, that's definitely a, a thing, you know, that's Scott's baby, that story. And uh, he would definitely have more information. He's the one who's been talking to the agent. He's the one that has the information. Um, but in my opinion, just even just reading that story was definitely, I think, good to see if you're coming from a, a, a Jets fan perspective, because this is what the perception is, is that guys don't want to be here, right? You've got Pierre-Luc Dubois come here. He couldn't wait to get out, right? That's not what anybody wants to see. They want to believe that players can come to Winnipeg, recognize that there's a good uh, a good culture in the room. I'm not sure there has been a good culture in the room in the past, but maybe they're starting to build one here, you know, and I think that's important. And then a, a good feeling around the city, uh, a place where fans really care about it, and an organization that really takes care of their players. Now, if there's one thing, we could criticize the Jets for a lot of things over the years, mm -hmm. but I don't think you would say that they don't take care of their players. I think they do. I think they've done an excellent job of, of making guys comfortable here, making guys want to stay, even if it's not the most desirable market in the league. We've seen other guys do it. Nito Niederreiter hasn't been here for long, but he seems like the kind of player that if he gets into a, a place where he feels comfortable, where he can play good hockey, and where the team has a chance to be successful, that he's going to want to stay. And I mean, in all honesty, he just as they as these uh, conversations have been going on, he's been playing as well as he's played as a Jet that I've seen, and he's really con contributing well. And as I said before, I mean, I know Scott had a, had a thing about this last week, and I often watch the analytics and 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 how the lines are are doing comparatively and that line at one time at least in the last week or so was the number three or four line in the entire nhl this is yeah this is what you would maybe started the season calling a third line for the jets i i just think it's fantastic the way adam lowry is handling the puck this year he's not just a bruising guy he's not just a presence out there physically he's actually really looking good offensively and obviously Mason Appleton's out of his mind right now scoring points like he you know it's like he's gonna have his career high by quadruple at this point it seems like and maybe I think maybe Niederreiter is the key to that because he brings such an amount of talent to that line and and he's also got that grit and again I think that's one of the big reasons the Jets are are doing just fine right now because you got a good first line and if you got two lines behind them that are, uh, you know, 
contributing really well as well, you're in a good shape. Absolutely. You're in a good shape. Ted Wyman, our guest on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show Saturday morning. The Jets and the Dallas Stars coming up this afternoon. The Illegal Curve postgame show a little bit later on. And of course, the Bombers and the BC Lions after the Jets and the Stars and after the postgame show. Got to keep your priorities in line here, folks. Uh, let me ask you this, Ted. So, the, you know, last year, obviously, the Jets got off to the good start, as we all remember. And Kevin Sheveldayoff sort of spoke about, you know, bringing in reinforcements for this team. And he did in the, in, you know, in Vlad Nemesnikov and in Nino Niederreiter. So can't say he didn't do anything, but I think for most people last year and still this year, the big question mark or the big area uh, of, you know, let's say concern for lack of a better word is on the back end. You know, do, is that a priority from your perspective? Let's say, you know, most things stay equal, you know, throughout the course of the season and with the jets that we see are not a mirage. You know, how important are reinforcements on the back end from your perspective? It's such a tough one because you look at that back end and you say, how are you doing that? And like, if everyone's healthy, who's being taken out and how are you making that back end so much better? You know, it would literally, in my mind, have to be a trade of one of those defensemen to upgrade, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what you've got there. And I don't know how conceivable that is. Um, you know, Nate Schmidt, Obviously, I think could be in or out of the lineup. He hasn't been great. He certainly hasn't been terrible, but he's a veteran. He's got a very big contract. So you got to figure out what you would do with that if you didn't want him to be a part of the team anymore. Um, would anybody take it? Maybe late in the season, yeah, but probably not sooner. And then, you know, you've still got guys hanging around uh, like Stanley and Chisholm. Um, and and then is there, you know, who who else isn't playing well enough for you Right now, I think DeMello and Morrissey are doing pretty well. Brendan Dillon, the guy's like a scoring machine right now. So, I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you want that guy in your team? And honestly, to me, Brendan Dillon's such a glue guy. I, I, I don't think you'd want to take him out of the mix of this team. I think he's too important. Preach, to Ted, team. preach. Well, I mean, he's... I agree he's, with you. I, I don't think I don't think he's, he's talked about enough. Everybody. Yeah, very but underrated. Right he's scoring and he plays good defense. Like, I don't know why you'd ever want to take that guy out of it. Uh, that's just my opinion. Neil Pionk up and down, but you know, there's another guy that really seems to like playing for Winnipeg and cares about it. And he's got skills at both ends of the ice. So that's the question for me, guys, is if you want to upgrade that D, just how are you going to do it? In my mind right now, I don't know what the answer is to that. No, I, I and I think, you know, none of us do. Nobody does because, I mean, we saw what the Oilers had to give up to acquire Matthias Ekholm, right? Like they had to give up Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, who's a top prospect. They had to, they had to give up the ability to score goals, apparently, in the offseason as well. Right. And uh, hey, look, I mean, the Oilers are the low-hanging fruit right now, but we're still going to take that low-hanging fruit uh, because the Oilers are They might have target. candy in them. Exactly. So, I mean... I think you're right, Drew, Ted. We talk about this every year, how hard it is to acquire uh, you know, a top pairing or even top four defensemen. You're going to have to give up a lot, not only a roster player, but you're going to have to most likely give up a draft pick and or uh, a prospect in your system, right? So I agree with you. I think you know the, the defense, I think, is the obvious area that you would want to address prior to the dread deadline. And it's not like Chevy doesn't know that. I'm sure you know he's... Uh, you know, keeping an eye on who might be available. I don't think Nikita Zadorov personally, Ted, is is the answer. But um, I want to ask you about Gabe Velarde because he started skating this week, and we know that he's going to be back in the next you know week, two weeks, something like that. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but people are already talking about you know who's going to come out of the lineup. You know, is Cole Perfetti going to go back up the middle? Like, what? I know it's a it's a tough question to answer right now, but I mean, what do you see happening? Do you see Gabe Velarde going back up to that top line? 
and then Perfetti moving to the middle or like what, what what's kind of your take on that situation once Velarde comes back? Well, there was talk in training camp about Velarde playing center as well. So there's another, uh, you know, maybe a possibility. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like to me, although Vlad Mestikov plays really good hockey for the Winnipeg Jets and he is a, a really good guy to play with for Ehlers and Perfetti, you know, he's not going to get you a lot of points. He just doesn't have that great touch around the around the net. So, you know, that's a it, he might help generate offense. He might help generate scoring chances or, or a, you know, shot attempts, but he doesn't really have that touch. So I think that you can improve your top six if you've got Gabe Velarde in there. And I and I think that, you know, David Gustafson probably comes out of the lineup and Nemestikov uh, moves down. And I don't know how that works with the center ice position, but that's a good it's it's that's a not an easy decision because obviously having Nemestikov there has been pretty stabilizing. Um so I, I, yeah, I mean I, I hadn't really thought about it much yet. I think it's a nice problem for the Jets to have. I, I wouldn't break up the top line though, you know. I think Ayafalos fit in really nicely with uh with Shifley and Connor and and they're doing very well. In fact, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Mark Shifley's playing as well as I've seen him play in since 2018 right now. And wow. and I think Kyle Connor's reaping a lot of the benefits. He's scoring goals like crazy, second tied for second in the league in goal scoring yesterday at least before last night's game. Why would you break that up? Maybe somewhere down the road, but right now that line's hot. So you're going to find a spot for Velarde. He is going to improve this hockey team. And as I said before, that's a heck of a, a problem to have trying to fit somebody like that in. You might go Ehlers, Velarde, Perfetti on on that second line, right? <laughs> you could. You know, no, these are, I mean, think about it. Think about how different this team is, you know, from years past where, you know, you'd be like, well, you know, why are some of these guys still in the lineup when they're full, when, when the team's fully healthy versus now there's, you know, you're, you're wondering who's going to come out of the lineup because everybody deserves a spot right now when they're back to full health. It's a complete role reversal when it comes to the forward depth, uh, you know, because we're used to just seeing, you know, fill-ins. I, I saw a line. Uh, what did I, there was a line last night that I think I saw on, on Twitter. It was talking about the Leafs, but it said, you know, you can win with a you can win with an average fourth line or a mediocre fourth line. You can't win with an AHL level fourth line. And I think you're almost seeing that, you know, bear itself out with the Jets a little bit so far this year. The Jets have always been, in my opinion, piecing together a fourth line in years past. And this year, I think they've put out players that have more potential at very mm -hmm. least. You know, and I mean, Rasmus Kupari, I don't know. <laughs> He's fast. He gets after guys. He seems to generate chances. He's had some really good games in terms of possession. Not really looking like he's got the super scoring touch, but maybe that's why he is where he is. But that's a that seems like like to have a guy that drives the net the way he does, to have a guy that's driving offense the way that he does on your fourth line, that's really valuable. And, and I think the Jets have the ability to roll guys out there more than they have in the past. It's not just, you know, to, I don't want to be mean, but there's been a lot of years where kind of your last minute uh, $700,000, $800,000 signing off of, you know, off of the free agent list has been the guy that they're plugging in onto that fourth line. Somebody who had some success in the league in the past, but really wasn't, you know, at their top of their game anymore. And, and, and now you're putting in a guy that, you know, guys, in fact, with the other young guys on that line, like Gustafson, and and Morgan Barron, I mean, I think Morgan Barron's an excellent hockey player. I think he has looked really good for the Jets ever since he came over and makes that trade that Kevin Dayoff 
made to when Andrew Kopp wanted to leave looked really good. Um, so again, uh, the, this is a young line. It's uh, it's it's one player they drafted, two players they traded for, and it's it's as good as I've seen a fourth line, at least in terms of um, being you know really competitive and having chances to score goals that we've really seen for a while with the Jets. You know, again, I look back to 2018. That was when the Jets were at their best in the playoffs. They had a great fourth line then. Hasn't been so good since. Ted Wyman, our guest Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg with you, getting you set for the Jets and the Stars. That'll be this afternoon, then the Illegal Curve postgame show, and then the Bombers and the Lions in the West Final shortly thereafter, later this evening. Ted, you, you mentioned his name already, but I got to ask you about him. Alex Iafallo, because, I mean, to me, it's amazing. We, you know, we knew about Iafallo, of course, but the big piece was Velarde in that, in that deal this summer. If you would have told me that I, Alex Iafallo would be the guy leading with all the points uh, over Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has eight in, and he has four goals, four assists. Iafallo, four goals, eight assists for 12 points. And, of course, if Velarde was healthy, he'd probably be, you know, somewhere in that mix. But to me, Alex Iafallo has been such found money. I mean, we didn't, know exactly what to expect and as you said he's really made that first line go so has he pleasantly surprised you based on you know the expectation being Velarde being the key to that trade but right now Iafallo is really driving things uh, with the top line. Velarde's the key for the long term Iafallo has been really good right now there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it and you have to give credit I think to Rick Bonus and Scott O'Neill for giving putting him in a position to be successful the guy's on the power play you know, I, I don't know that everybody realized when the trade was made that they were getting a guy who was a, you know, power play specialist. Then Alex Iafalo is out there and, and he's and he's been useful in those situations. And he is on the top line right now. You know, when you're playing with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor, these are very good offensive players. You're probably going to get some points. So Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, maybe he's got to generate his own points. This guy's getting, you know, the benefit of being with two really good players. Anyways, I'm not I'm not talking down Alex Iafalo at all. He's been, I think, a, a really good player for the Jets this season, a really good addition. And there's reasons why we talked about all these things, about the fact that the Jets are much more balanced this season, that they're um, playing a better brand of hockey, uh, overall, that they're driving possession more than they have in the past. Those reasons are that the changes, the additions that they made from last season have been working, in my opinion. I think that's a big part of it. And and Ayafalo and, and Kupari, you can't say much about Velarde yet, but uh, he's going to come in here and be uh, another addition. And I think they're a big part of how this is working. And I, I, I'll also say it's partly about subtraction. Because in some ways, I think it was always difficult with Blake Wheeler. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they—they—he's the highest, one of the highest-paid players on the team. He was the captain. They were going to give him the top-line minutes, and maybe at times it seemed like he should have been playing in a little bit of a lesser role. And without him here, you don't have to worry about that. You do whatever you want in terms of setting up those top lines. If Alex Iafallo came here to be a third liner, well, so be it. But he's a top liner right now, and he's doing really well. 
Ted, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Scott Arneal, and obviously he's in a situation that he doesn't want to be in with Rick Bonus and Judy and, and, and Judy Bonus having the, the the health issues. How do you think he's acquitted himself behind the Jets bench? You know, as this sort of uh, this, I guess it's almost his second stint as the interim head coach uh, when Rick has been uh, dealing with some personal uh, issues last year with COVID as well. So, how do you think Al? You know, how do you think Scott has acquitted himself so far this year? I have, I wish I had the numbers in front of me because I'm thinking back to the time when Rick Bonus had COVID last year and, and uh, Scott O'Neill was behind the bench. And I think the Jets did really well then and they're mm-hmm. doing really well now. So I think he's done nothing but a fine job. I think, honestly, there were certainly Winnipeg people in the offseason after, uh, you know, after uh, uh, Dave Lowry was let go. Uh, that said, well, the Jets are just going to go get another Winnipeg retread, and uh, they, they just want to bring in guys who had associations with the old Jets and the Moose, and they're going to bring in Scott Arneal. And sure enough, they did. And people kind of dismissed that in a way. But you know what? The Jets got a really good coach and a really valuable coach because he can step in and do what they need to be done when Rick Bonus isn't here. And I think Scott O'Neill will be a fine head coach in the NHL. He may be the head coach of this Winnipeg Jets team. We don't know the situation with Rick Bonus uh, right now or going forward. You know, Rick is uh, a, a, almost a legend of coaching in the NHL because he's been doing it longer than anybody. But he's not a young man. So how soon does he look to step away um, and and go on and enjoy his life and I think Scott O'Neill would be an excellent replacement for him and just to carry forward what's been started here. Okay, Ted, so obviously this is a Winnipeg Jets Manitoba Moose-centric show, but we got to ask you, I just finished reading uh, your piece today in the Winnipeg Sun about the Bombers and Lions game coming up, CFL West final. And I mean, you you nailed it and you've been talking about this all year long, the running game, Brady Oliveira. He is the MOP in my opinion. I think most people would would agree with that. Uh what is your, uh, I guess, uh, main main matchups, and and what is your, uh, I guess, what are you going to be looking at? What's your prediction for today's game? Obviously, we're all pulling for the Bombers here. Well, let's go back to the word that I used to describe the Jets' balance. To me, that's the advantage for the Jet for the Bombers because here's the situation: the BC Lions are the top passing team in the CFL. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are the second best passing team in the CFL. Zach Caleros and and Vernon Adams are the two most prolific passers in the league. I do think Chad Kelly's probably going to, you know, emerge. He did emerge as the all-star quarterback out of Toronto. There's no doubt about it. But these guys actually had more prolific numbers, more passing yards, more touchdowns than Kelly did. You've got an absolute marquee matchup there. The big difference between these two offenses is that Winnipeg also leads the league in rushing yards and has the league's number one rusher, MOP candidate in Brady Oliveira. The BC Lions were ninth. And there's only nine teams in the league in rushing. <laughs> so they were, you know, they do not have a good rushing game. Uh, Tequan Mizell just hasn't had the same kind of dynamism as uh, as Brady Oliveira. So I think that's an absolute uh, factor that works really well in Winnipeg's favor. And the Lions said yesterday, and, and they were pretty open about it, maybe this is just smokescreen because surely they're going to try to run the football, but you know, Rick Campbell and Vernon Adams both said, well, you know, we're not going to try to do, we're not going to try to be balanced just to be balanced. If what we do well is throw the ball and uh, and complete passes downfield using our excellent receivers, that's what we're going to do. 
And if they do get a running game going, it would probably be Vernon Adams doing it himself. The Bombers certainly feel that they're prepared to deal with VA's ability to run. But again, I just think if you, you know, there's a lot of evenness with these teams. They're both really close defensively in terms of their numbers. They both got excellent defensive lines, really good uh, secondaries, really good special teams, kickers, everything. It's all very close. You know, I did this tail of the tape looking at it and you guys would be amazed how, you know, how many times Winnipeg was number one and BC was number two or three. It's really, really close. But the one thing that really stands out is Winnipeg's running game. So it's going to be, it's not super cold, but it's a, it's a cold day for a lot of people. You know, Winnipeg, yeah, this is nothing. But for a lot of people, it's, it's still a cold day. It's winter. There's going to be 30,000 plus fans in the stands. Brady Oliveira expects to get the rock a lot and to punish the BC Lions. And I expect that to happen as well. And and just one second, I know Drew wants to jump in here, but uh, Nick Dembski and Rashid Bailey, they're still game time, right? Yeah, they're game time. I mean, I'm not going to say 100% for sure that they're going to play, but I feel like they've been tracking all week to play. It's a huge game. What are you going to hold them back for if they're hurt a little bit? You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to damage someone's career going forward, but I do think that um, it's important enough of a game that they'll probably play. They were, you know, they were on the field for practices on Tuesday and Wednesday, running around a little bit, but not listed. They were listed as did not practice. Thursday, which was a closed practice, they were listed as limited. We have no idea how much they actually took part in that practice. It could be more than the Bombers are saying. It could be less. We don't know. And then, you know, and as I, as everyone suspected, they were listed as game time decisions because of that. That could be because they actually are deciding whether they're going to put them in there or not, or it could be just to mess with the Lions. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the latter, Teddy. Bailey, and if I'm wrong, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of subterfuge. Never uh, come playoff time is not unusual. Last one, the loss of Dalton uh, Dalton Schoen, though. I mean, that, that's certainly significant. He's a game breaker for the Bombers. Is that maybe mitigated a little bit by the weather conditions? I mean, it's not expected to necessarily be, uh, you know, uh, offensive firepower. You know, uh, midsummer air it out, uh, Dunnigan going for 740 yards, kind of kind of night. So does that, that maybe game? mitigate the impact of that a little bit? Not saying that it's not a huge loss, of course, for the Bombers. I don't think weather is a huge factor in this game, guys. I think these teams are going to operate their offenses exactly the way that they always would. Um, and that, and and in that case, the Bombers can't operate it exactly as they always would because they don't have Dalton Schoen. That's right. Claris's favorite target for the last two years. He's a absolute demon in the in the red zone. He's been scoring touchdowns, uh, twenty six touchdowns in two seasons. I mean, come on, that's insane. The boy, the man is going to get paid next year somewhere, and when he is a free agent, and uh, it's really going to be, uh, it's you know, I think for a lot of Bomber fans they hope they haven't seen the last of Dalton shown in Winnipeg because it's not going to be easy for the Bombers to re-sign him that's a little bit of an aside but the guy that really I think becomes you know the most important player for the Bombers receiving core now is is uh Kenny Lawler I mean the reason they brought Kenny Lawler in here was to be Mm -hmm. a star quarterback or star uh, receiver and he probably would have been an all-star had he played the whole season he had almost he had 900 yards as it is and he only played 12 games um, and he's a dynamic player, and he wants that ball so bad, and he will go out and beat guys for it. He's great, really good, I think, at the throw behind. 
you know, where he, he'll come back to the football and he wins those ones a lot. I remember how good of a game he had in the West final in 2021. He made an absolutely ridiculous catch to help the Bombers beat the Rough Riders and get to the Grey Cup. He came back to Winnipeg specifically so he could play in games like this and have a chance to get to the Grey Cup because it was no fun for him at all being in Edmonton where they weren't a good team. I think Kenny Lawler probably steps up and has a huge game. You'll see a lot if Dembski, assuming Dembski's out there, you'll see a lot of him as well. And Drew Wolitarski is an underrated receiver as well. And he can do a lot of what Schoen does, you know, in terms of the tough catches over the middle. So I don't think the Bombers are in a terrible position, even without Schoen. But you can't minimize the fact that he is one of the best players in the CFL mm-hmm. and they aren't going to have him. It's a super sports Saturday. We started that saying the we started saying that at the beginning of the interview. We'll end it with that as well. Ted Wyman. Yeah, that's why we brought you on. There's nobody else that we could have on with the you know a Jets afternoon game and the Bombers and the Lions in the West Final. You know, I've been thinking about having you on for a couple of weeks. Uh, I, so I'm glad that you're able to join us because today's going to be just awesome, especially for the restaurant and hospitality industry in Winnipeg. So we're not going to talk any curling then. We're just Next good week. with the. Next week, <laughs> next week we'll talk curling. Uh, All right, we, we, next week we're, we're fine with that. Then we'll we'll bring you on for the the rock talk, uh, the rock talk show, or the the hog line violation curling show is what we're going to start up next week. Like yeah, we can do that with you, Ted. Can I steal yeah. that? that yeah, good. you can. Feel free. You just give us credit once, and then you can have it for the rest of the time. You don't have to give us credit. Just steal it. <laughs> Ted, All right, guys. Thank you, great buddy. to see you. Have a good day. Likewise, Ted Wyman, sports editor for the Winnipeg Sun. Have a great Saturday. There he goes, joining us this morning on the Illegal It's a good day to be a Winnipeg sports fan. It doesn't get any better than this. I wish I was going to both. I'm going to neither. Well, that's almost like it's almost like doing the both, but it's the complete opposite, and that you know is is what you're going to experience. Well, I mean, I mean, well, you guys are gallivanting around Winnipeg. I have a post game show to prepare for. True, as he is doing the post game show tonight, Ezzy and special guest. And I'll tell you what, we'll tell you who that special guest is on the other side of these commercial messages. Dave, are you gone? Dave, no, you're sticking around. I thought you were leaving. I thought you had somewhere to be this morning. I got lots of time. I'm not getting picked up for for 20 minutes. So we're okay. Uh, so Dave, where else does Dave M need to be? This I thought exactly he said he was leaving at 10 o'clock earlier. It's so place I, to be. Okay, I Dave's still going to be here. We'll still be here. You should still be here too. The Illegal Curve Hockey Show rolls on on this Saturday morning. Keeping Winnipeg laughing for over 30 years. Rumors, Canada's longest-running comedy club, bringing you the biggest laughs from the best comedians on the planet. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Jon Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the greats, and all the up-and-comers, too. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party. Even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Hey, Drew. 
Ezzy, whoa, what a smile. Yeah, I got my crowns done at Linden Market Dental Center, and they whiten my teeth. I see. They're so bright that every time I smile, they go, We have hockey tonight. Do you have a mouth guard to protect those pearly whites? I sure do. Whoa, they even ting through the mouth guard. Linden Market Dental Center covers all your dental needs, from restorative to cosmetic dentistry, and will fit you with a sports guard for that active lifestyle. 877 Waverly. See LindenMarketDental.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Fanalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. So you're a pizza person. You married a wing person. But somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. We did it! Again! You're on fire, man. There's power in a handshake. After a great game or great deal, it shows professionalism and respect. Two qualities Zapia Group Realty take pride in. You don't build a business where 95% of your clients are referred by others without honesty, integrity, and total dedication to client satisfaction. To sell your home for more in less time, shake hands with Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Get started at zapiagroup.com. Are you dreaming of your very own backyard rink this winter, but dreading the work involved? Well, stress no longer because the rink guys are here to make it happen. The rink guys are Winnipeg's first outdoor skating rink installation and rink maintenance service. The rink guys offer free site evaluations and different rink construction options. Plus, they use a custom-sized liner to prevent any damage to your lawn. Lighting packages are also available to help illuminate your rink during those long, dark winter nights. To get your rink started today, visit therinkguys.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Saturday morning. This day in Winnipeg Jets history is courtesy of our friend Joe Pascucci, the Minnesota North Stars, so the precursor to the Winnipeg Jets, uh, pardon me, precursor to the Dallas Stars. I'm like, huh? Defeated the Winnipeg Jets 15 to 2 on Oof. this day 42 years ago. Barn so burner. I, yeah, it was a nail biter. I hope you took the I hope you took the uh the uh over on the Betway line uh when you uh, wagered on that. I think it was Sports in, Select back then. Really. 1981. I think it was a bookie in a smoky bar is what it was in 1981. <laughs> there was no uh, I don't think there was anything professional about that. But this courtesy of our buddy Joe Pascucci bringing back some bad memories. I I don't think that it's going to be a 15 to 2 score this afternoon when the Jets and the Dallas Stars do battle. But one thing I can tell you for sure is that Joe Pascucci is going to be joining Mr. Ginsburg Absolutely. on tonight's uh, uh, post-game show. So yep. after the Jets and the Dallas Stars come back here to our YouTube channel, Ezra and our good friend Joe Pascucci will bring you the latest on the Winnipeg Jets-Dallas Stars game. So that's about 4.30 or so this afternoon. Uh, Dave M is off doing Dave M things and I'm going to the game with my kids and my wife. So I'm going to spend a little bit of family time and we'll turn over the keys to this to trusty Mr. Ginsburg. Super pumped. I mean, we've had Joe on the show many times before going back to the TSN 1290 days. I believe 
Uh, Joe did a couple games last year when withdrew when Dave and I were uh, out of commission. So really looking forward to it. I texted Joe earlier this week and he was able to do it. And, you know, anybody who, you know, followed the Jets 1.0, I mean, Joe Pascucci, uh, you know, and CKND and then Global was uh, yeah. obviously, you know, a huge part of the Jets coverage in the city. And he's just a, a great guy. We've become friends with him over the years and he's always providing all those, uh, you know, historic Jets moments. Uh, I think we all, uh, you know, follow joe on twitter you should be following joe sorry it's, on he's X, a great he's, he's great for winnipeg yeah. his for winnipeg yeah. sports yeah history, he, joe is, is, the, an absolute he is the winnipeg jets historian like and we've had him Not on that's bombers too he's well, got a bomber yeah you're right and bombers as well. as well but you know after you know dale howard obviously tragically passed away i remember uh joe Pascucci joined us and there's nobody better to talk about you know the jets 1.0 the howard chuck solani era uh people that are our age um, you know, obviously remember, you know, the younger generation won't remember Joe Pascucci, but now because he shares all of those Jets historic moments, the younger generation, and that's what we're trying to also bring. We're trying to, you know, for those young ones, the Baileys, uh, you know, that, that age, we're trying to, you know, expose them to Joe Pascucci. Cause as I mentioned, he's a great guy and, and nobody knows more about Winnipeg sports than Joe. Yeah, exactly right. So the Ezzy and Joe Pascucci, they are on this afternoon. It'll be a fun post game show after the Jets. Joe and Ezzy, that, that sounds like a spinoff show. Joe and Ezzy? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can see that every Sunday night. Hang, hang on. Hang on. I'm, I'm getting word from Joe. He says no. He says absolutely not. No <laughs> in fact, now he's not, in fact, he's not going to do Saturday tonight's yeah. show anymore either. He, he's blocked <laughs> me on X and he's blocked my cell phone number. So I guess yeah. I, I guess it is going to be the Ginsburg experience tonight, Drew. <laughs> Give me any tips that you have. Uh, drink. Drink would be my first. Yeah. Uh, drink I'll would be my I'll first. I'll have a few icy beers. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be a, a late postgame show. It's going to be around 445, Look, 5 o'clock. Naomi would be very, very happy if you stumbled upstairs after the post game show, half cut at like six o'clock, uh, trying to deal with the kids. I don't see any blowback. No, no, they're gone. Doing that they, they took off this morning. They're going to lack to Bonnie. I have the whole house to myself, crew. Fancy, that's your call. Yeah. No, I mean when you have when you have a Jets afternoon game, a post game show, and then a Bombers game. Naomi knows what to do. She has to leave Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure Lack the Bonnie's far enough for her, but uh, nonetheless. Yeah, a couple I, hours in the beautiful yeah, Eastman region. There you go. So as he is, uh, as he's flying solo folks. So uh, may God have mercy on all of us and, and everything else along those lines. Uh, let me ask you guys this question. And I was thinking about this, you know, not necessarily with Zadarov, but you know, 12 games in, you know, some of these teams are going to begin to, you know, churn, you know, make some roster decisions. And, you know, some people strike early. The Jets are not typically a team that would uh, that would that would strike early when it comes to the trade market. Um, yeah. You know, but I think everyone would agree that, you know, the Jets defense as currently constructed is not quite at that upper echelon yet. Mm -hmm. What are you willing you know, let's pretend you put on your general manager's hat, your prognostication hat. You know, what assets are you willing to give up to to you know bolster that jet defense? Is it a sort of is is it a is it a home run swing or is it a swing for a double? You know, how how far how many chips are you are you thinking the Jets should push in when it comes to making the necessary upgrades uh you know to to elevate their lineup, assuming that they continue to play at at, the, at a similar level to how they've played so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I look. Let's put it this way: I don't think the Jets are going to be making any big deals right now because things seem to be working. And and sure, if they if the opportunity 
provides itself and someone comes calling and there's a, you know, but Kevin Sheveldayoff tends not to go for like the Zadarov type of situation where, again, I'm just using that as an example because it's, it's present. I'm not saying for him specifically, but that idea of a guy who's put himself out there and, and, you know, that's not necessarily, he's trying to go to, you know, widen the market and get as many options as he can. So Kevin Sheveldayoff likes to operate in the shadows and, and be a little quieter about a little more discreet in that regard, you know, more, as we talk about for years, the Paul Stasny style deal where you see them do something like that. So, I mean, I, I look, I think there's a couple of factors, Drew. I mean, look, you want to see what Billy Hainola can bring. We all talk about how good he looked in, in training camp. And of course, when he got injured the way he did, you thought to yourself, okay, well, that's unfortunate because he probably was going to put push someone like Nate Schmidt out mm-hmm. of the lineup and flip over to the right side. So to me, I, I wonder if they want to see what they've got in Billy Hainola first and what he's capable of bringing. Now, I suspect even when he, we know he's was with the team on the road, we saw pictures of him, but the question yeah. becomes, you know, does he again, because he's waiver exempt, go and spend some significant time with the moose to get his game back? Cause he won't have played hockey for months. And so yeah. you need to get him to get that conditioning up. And so to me, he's going to be with the moose anyway. So you, even with Billy Hainola, it's going to be a while still before that happens. And again, like I said, it really depends on what happens, boys. But I mean, I don't see the Jets making any significant moves. It's not really their MO to be making moves in November and December. This is a team that Especially when to... you've got points in eight of your last nine games, right, Dave? Yeah. So I think, you know, sorry, I'll go back to you here, but I think you're right. What Like, Heinola, the fact that Heinola, when is he expected back? Like the first week of December? Or, or is it a little bit later? Probably a little bit later, right? Probably more like late December. I, I, would, I would not. I, I wouldn't expect him in a Winnipeg Jets uniform. No, until not, not until twenty twenty four. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so maybe I was a little bit, you know, happy there. Well, no, no, Izzy, I think you're right. I just think it's just he'll probably be wearing a moose jersey when he comes that's back. What, that's oh yeah, what I was sure, saying. you're right. And 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 too, we'll we'll get into a lot of people are talking about, and I got to give Dave M credit. A lot of people are talking about Declan Chisholm possibly getting a moose conditioning stint. We'll get into that maybe, uh, you know, a little bit later or maybe, uh, you know, on the post-game show with with Joe Piscucci. But I do think, you know, that is an option, you know, and, and it's two weeks max, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, or two weeks, two weeks minimum, Dave. Yeah. So I do think that's exactly. an option, but I want to go back to you. But I do think that's a good point that you make. You know, the Jets are playing well, one, and then two, Hainola is going to be back in, let's say, a month or six weeks mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And so do you really want to make a trade knowing that, you know, Hainola could, after playing for the Moose, go into your top six. So I do think that's something most likely, Dave, that's going to be, you know, on Chevy's radar closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, no, I agree, Azzy. I think you'll you'll see what this team is. But again, if this team can get Connor Hellebuck the way he's expecting, to, you expect Connor Hellebuck to play, and Lauren Bressois, if you can get the two of them playing up and they're five-on-five play. I mean, look, 13 games isn't a mirage, right? The season started one month ago today. And so for a month, this team mm-hmm. has been playing pretty consistent hockey. And so to me, I, again, this has been a, a, you know, again, are they the are they the Vegas Golden Knights? No, they're not the Vegas Golden Knights. But they are in that upper tier right now of, of NHL clubs. And you don't make, you don't, as Drew just touched on, you acquiring points the way they have, putting it in the standings bank is allowing you to kind of look ahead for sure. But I just think from a Jets perspective, it's just, I mean, I know teams are making moves. The Leafs have done some things. The Wild have done some things. But it's just not really in the Jets' DNA to be doing that, especially, like I said, when you've got Hainola coming back. And and look, if there's a guy who's available, who's a top-pairing right guy, Drew, you know, are you willing to make that move? Yeah, of course you're willing to make that move. I mean, is it going to cost you draft picks and assets? It will, of course, cost you draft picks and assets. Are there certain ones you're not willing to trade, like 
Nikita Chibrikov or Brad Lambert, Rutger McGrory, Colby Barlow, who I believe is is right now is dealing with an injury. He's day to day. I believe I saw yesterday. So no, I mean there's certain players that I think are untouchable right now on this roster. But you know, yeah, I mean I think Rutger, Ru- come on, Dave. Rutger is untouchable. I would say I, I had him in my list. I said yeah, Rutger, yeah. Colby. Brad Lambert and Nikita Chibrikov. Those are the four yeah. from a four. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That... Is Chibrikov? Are we prepared to say Chibrikov? I mean, like he's, if he's if pretty good as no, 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 no. I'm not. That's not what I was saying. I think he is very yeah. good, but I'm just saying. I mean, it depends what we're talking about, right? Because we talked about Ekholm. Like Ekholm's mm-hmm. a top pairing defenseman, and I think that's probably if you're talking about a top pairing guy, then you're going to have to give up a really good prospect. Yeah. Um, well, but I, again, I, it depends. Like Brad Lambert, to me, there's a difference between me liking a player and a player being very good, and the Jets actually trading him. Because I do agree with you, Dave. Like you don't want to be trading Rutger McGroarty no, or, no. or Brad Lambert or Colby Bar. I mean, Colby Barlow. They just drafted him what yeah, three, four yeah. months ago. But yeah. I mean, it depends what you're. It depends, I guess, if Chevy is going to go for the big game hunting. Uh, you know, prior to the trade deadline, then I mean, let's see. But I agree with you. I don't think any of those players are being traded anytime soon. And if and if one is traded, Dave, um, you know, it will have to be for a, an impact defenseman, like a guy who can play with Josh Morrissey on the top line, on the yeah. top pair. No, and I just, let me get this in quick. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I had to get in a Manuk Moose Minute. Had to had to squeeze it in. We had a little moose talk. Of course, it was the guy a moose was getting a Manuk Moose Minute in before his bar mitzvah. Yeah, the guy who's leaving. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that, that that's approved by the uh, by well, the producers of this show. I understand it's definitely out of out of. But I saw some calls from the crowd, and we're we're a populist show, so we wanted to give the people what they wanted. The people wanted a Manuk Moose Minute. They heard it calling. They called for it. I gave them what they wanted. But it's just funny, quickly, Dave, Drew, I have access to the chat as well. I didn't see anybody calling oh, for it. Yeah, really? right. okay, hold on a second. One second. One second. It's fine. Just momentum. talk. You're going to be late for wherever the hell you're going. <laughs> okay. Anyways, no, just quickly, I wanted to get in a couple of things. Uh, first of all, if you want to go to the Moose game on Monday, uh, 10.30 start, school day game. We have four tickets in the IC zone. So send me an email. We'll hook you up with that. Uh, some big news uh, that I broke yesterday was... <laughs> Hang on, they, they gave us tickets so innocent people can be screamed at by at, by 7,000 kids for two yes. and a half hours on a, on a midday morning? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That is absolutely the case. But anyways, oh, look, Philip Smith. Look at us. People are loving the Manuka's Minute, Drew. Yeah. The proof is in the comments. Well, anyway, you pay Fart Trap to say that. Of course, of course. I And Philip Smithson and Comet and Bailey. Oh, and, go, go. Start okay. talking. Uh, Frosty wants to know if there's any Danny Jilkin news. He should check our YouTube channel. I did an interview with Danny Jilkin yesterday morning on uh, for for our YouTube channel. But just uh, quickly, we had some breaking news yesterday that Jimmy Olney, um, not necessarily done for the season, but he is going to need surgery. Uh, MCL, ACL. He had uh, sustained an injury last game against Rockford on Sunday. So unfortunately, the Moose captain who had something similar happen previously is going to have to deal with that so that's unfortunate news and just want to give a, a shout out to the moose because they were at silo mission on wednesday and of course uh, helping out with the community and i talked to them and you can see the impact it has on the players both young and old jeffrey vl i talked to and danny jilkin so that's my manuk moose minute uh, if you want to take it to the moose game on uh, monday we will have them for you and dave at illegalcurve.com or i see dave slide into my dms and with that I bid you all adieu. I Have a great Salome rest of your Saturday. On the last show, I you already did. I know. Right. Salome mission, but I, I talked to you. Hey, if, there he if, goes. If, He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He can't. You know, I'm he, back. I'm back. I'm back. The hey, point Manuk, I was Manuk Moose Minute should be fresh Moose news. I already it, broke the Salome mission. I agree I didn't with you. Anything, but I agree with you, Ezra. But but let me make one quick point. The point I'm making is that I spoke to Danny Jilkin and Jeffrey VL about for, going to Silo Mission. 
And and so that was fresh because that happened on Friday, and that's on our YouTube channel. So if people want to hear from players and the impact working on the community or the impact of losing Jimmy Olney or any other Moose-related news, of course, illegalcurve.com is your source, as is our YouTube channel. Yeah, have a good lunch with Axel Leonson Fialbi, Dave. <laughs> Bye, oh. Bye, Dave. See you later. See you guys. There he goes. He's done for the day. Mic drop, Dave Manuk leaving on, on, a, on a high point this morning. I thought he would never League leave, Drew. I know. Finally, we get rid of the dead weight. Oh, my God, he's back again. (laughs) We get rid of the dead weight, and then Mindell and Ginsburg can take it on from here. Uh, As he, you know, know, we'll talk more about the Jets and the Stars with Mike Heike, who's covered the Dallas Stars for years. Good friend of ours. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He's in Winnipeg, too. Oh, he is in Winnipeg. Great. So that's perfect. Nice to, it's always, uh, always I invited great. him over, but he declined. Yeah. Well, you know, he heard there's going to be a house party at your house later on tonight and maybe he'll show up for the post, uh, the post post game, yeah. uh, festivities. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. About that. He's bringing the hot tub from Sage Creek. So we're going to put the hot tub in the backyard. We might even do an outdoor post game show this afternoon. I, slash no, <laughs> I see no reason why that's not an excellent idea that you should definitely embrace and move forward with. Uh, did you watch the end of the, did you see any of the Oilers Sharks game as? Uh, I did. I didn't watch it live. Okay. Um, I did see someone posted. Someone posted the Oilers skating off the ice to like really depressing music, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I also saw Ryan Whitney go off because he used to play for the Oilers, and he said that if the Oilers lose to the Sharks, he wasn't going to be an Oilers fan anymore. But no, I didn't see. I, I saw some of the highlights. Yeah. But I mean, I, like, if this isn't rock bottom for the Oilers losing to the Sharks who've only won two games all year long. I don't know what rock bottom is, Drew. It's got to be rock bottom. You know, am I alone in thinking that that the Oilers are still going to be uh, that are likely they're still likely going to be a playoff team? I mean, I still think I see them bouncing back. Really? You you don't you don't think they bounce back from this? I mean, okay. well, speaking speaking of, you know, watching, you know, highlights, did you see the goal that Jack Campbell let in for Bakersfield? I did see that goal. And it was I mean, I feel bad. I mean, I'm not going to make fun of that because I feel bad for Jack Campbell. I really do. That's that's right. I'm sorry. I mean, the guy is is struggling big time. He is an NHL goalie. I think he's more likely a backup at this stage of his career. Like, I think Jack Campbell could be a backup on on an NHL team. I just don't know if he can if he's making a million. Well, you know, how does Ken Holland get a pass on all this? You know, they're talking about, uh, you know, they're talking about making a coaching change and everything else. And I'm thinking, you know, Ken Holland is the one responsible for this disaster. He's the one who signed Campbell. I mean, he panicked and signed him when nobody thought that Jack Campbell was worth, you know, a five-year contract and $5 million a year. Uh, I mean, just, I, I don't for the life of me understand, you know, how, how he is sort of skating underneath the radar there. Um, and maybe he isn't. I admittedly, I'm not. You know, pay, I'm paying far more attention to what's happening here in our backyard. But the fact that he's still got a job to me is 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 a surprising turn of events. Um, that you know, because he's sure. I would agree with that, but I I would also argue that you know, it the problems on the Oilers go much much deeper than the goaltending. They go much much deeper than the defense. I think when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl aren't scoring two or three points each a night, yeah. Uh, you see really that this Oilers team is not very good, right? Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins had a career year last year, yeah. 100 points, 101 points or whatever. Like, you know, Evander Kane, he's been a pretty good fit. He's not exactly, you know, ripping it up this year, but like they've got some other players, but, you know, Zach Hyman, I would throw in there as a really good player. Um, but obviously, you know, Darnell Nurse has not lived up to his contract. And and right. I, don't, I don't think Nurse, I think Nurse is a fine defenseman. I just don't think he's a number one defenseman. I think a lot of people would agree with that. He's not worth the, what is he making? Nine million a year. 
And Evan Bouchard has turned into a really good defenseman. But I just think this Oilers team is just not as good as people thought they were, clearly, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of people were picking the Oilers to win the Cup at the beginning of the year. And I was thinking to myself, like, I I, th- I would say the Oilers are a playoff team. This is before they obviously, you know, went uh, 2-10 and 10 or whatever they are right now. Yeah. But I mean, I, you're right though, Drew. I mean, Ken Holland does have to bear some responsibility for this. And, you know, the fact that you've got Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, the two best players in the world, mm-hmm. um, I think something has to give. And and I don't know, I like, look, at, I'm not, I have not watched the Oilers enough this year to know if Jay Woodcroft should lose his job, uh, but they either have to make a significant trade or they have to change the coach here. Because There's never going to be a significant trade. We just heard from we just heard about the Minnesota Wild having to spend six weeks uh, to to trade for Zach Bogosian for a seventh round. Well, pick. and I and mean, you know and you know very well, Drew, why you know a huge part of that is because of their cap hell, of right? Course. Like how much how much money do do Parise and Suter still take up on that cap? I think on it's the Minnesota that's, Wild cap. You're saying isn't it like ten million dollars or something like that? That that they're, they're on their cap for those two contracts. It's something. It's it's significant, right? So yeah. the Wild don't have a lot of cap space. Speaking of the cap space, the Dallas Stars don't have a lot of cap space either. Uh, so there's a lot of teams that are having those types of issues. But you're 14, right, 14 million, uh, seven. It's 14 million this year and next year uh, that Suter and Parisi uh, keep. Uh, and that's are... cap space. That's yeah. not actual money. That's the cap space that it takes up. So that's a lot of cap space, sure. right? Yeah, so I mean, those any. contracts have come back to bite the Wild. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about one million or two million. Or what would it be in Blake Wheeler's case? I guess it would be $4 million that, that counts against the cap, right? Like that, you can manage that a lot easier. But when you're talking about $15 million, yeah, I mean, Wheeler's that's two point, it's, No, Wheeler's 2.75 this year. Go. So, I mean, so but that's not yeah. that's not a big deal. I mean, that's one average player's salary, right? Like that's 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 doable. But you're right. I mean, look at, uh, you know, we, we've turned this into an Edmonton Oilers hockey show. But I, I mean, I think that, you know, I... I Look at McDavid and Dreisaitl are, are are not going anywhere. I mean, you're not trading Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't. I, I don't think. But like, what what are you doing there? Because I I don't agree with you. By the way, Drew, I don't think they're going to be able to recover from this. I think they're going to start winning hockey games, but uh-huh. I, they're going to have to basically play 700 hockey or better to yeah, get into but, the playoffs. Yeah, but you know, you're, you look, and and I very well could be wrong. It certainly would not be the first time. I don't. Know. I I think their shooting percentage is going to increase. And if they can start getting some some degree of goaltending, you know, from Stuart Skinner at this point in time, then I, I could see them scratching and crawling their way back into a playoff spot by the end of the season. I, I could see that. Now, will they use up so much energy getting to that position that it becomes an impossibility to succeed come playoff time? Well, I have time for that argument as well. But uh, I just don't think that it's necessarily over and done. With no, it's not. And the reason why, no, I agree with you on that. It's not over because as long as you've got Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, everybody right. knows the star power that they've got there. I mean, there's always a chance, but like they're already eight points behind yeah. the blues for the last wild card spot. So at some point in the season, you're going to have to go on a big run. Like we're not talking about winning two or three games in a row. We're talking about winning six, seven, eight games in a row. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it every year, but if you're more than three or four points well, out of the wild card spot in the in by American Thanksgiving, which, as you know, is November 23rd, it's yeah. coming up in less than two weeks. Um, look, well, at, I mean, it's going to be it's it's let's let's just say, Drew, that it's not an uphill battle. It's <laughs> like you're you're trying to climb Mount Kilimanjaro when you're in my shape. 
<laughs> and you're saying don't and as he does not recommend anyone do does what i'm that saying is, is i wouldn't saying. get very far there you go fair enough uh when we come back mike heika joins us for the dallas stars perspective ahead of this afternoon's jets stars contest in downtown winnipeg drew mandel ezra ginsburg with you don't go anywhere saturday morning the illegal curve hockey show rolls off shortly before shortly after pardon me the bottom of the hour welcome back to the illegal curve hockey show on this saturday morning drew mandel ezra ginsburg with you we're thrilled to welcome to the program the Dow from DallasStars.com. He's covered the stars for a very long time. Our good friend Mike Heika joins us on the show. Mike, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. How are things? I'm great. Uh, that dental commercial was spectacular. I just gotta say, <laughs> you guys have a, a career in theater. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You it's uh I, I do think, think most that's of... our best commercial. I always tell Drew, like we recorded that one, Mike. I don't know how many years ago, Drew, probably 10 years time. ago, yeah. like a long time ago. And I think that was our you know, that was our crown jewel there. Very Mike, conversational. If, if you if you had the radio business. Yeah, if you had to inject truth serum into our audience, I think they, they would say that they for you know for eighty percent of them at least they come for the commercials and they stay for the <laughs> hockey talk. Right. Uh, but the commercials are the priority for a lot of them. There's no question about it. Uh, in any event, Mike, it's great to see you. Uh, welcome to uh, Winnipeg in November. I'm sure uh, the uh, at least it's probably better than February, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, it's the uh, first snow I've seen this year. Yeah, so. there yeah, you Mike. Go. When you come back, I think the stars are back here on the 27th or the 28th. Yeah. So when you come back, there's probably going to be a little bit more snow on the ground a little bit colder but uh you've been to winnipeg many times so you know that we're, yeah. we're a winter I city kind of, i actually kind of like i tell people that so i'm from michigan and i enjoy going out to the winter because then we go back to dallas and there's no snow but at least you get a taste of it in the winter yeah but let me tell you though we were in dallas four or five years ago and it's it's pretty nice to be there in in november and it's and it's uh where where did we stay drew we i think we stayed in fort worth right no we stayed uh we stayed uh oh gosh where did we not far from uh from where the cowboys play um arlington yeah we were in arlington we were there for we were there for the red river uh the red river showdown for oklahoma texas at the dallas state fair or the mike hook them yeah, okay. so that was uh, being from Michigan. Are you a Michigan guy? Are you a, are you a Wolverine, Mike? Uh, my family's all Michigan State. Oh, Michigan so, State. Right so uh, yeah, my uh, brother and sister both went there. I went to Central Michigan. I wasn't smart enough to go to Michigan State. So you're a Chippewa. <laughs> I am a Chippewa. I love Mike, and we're totally on a tangent. I love Mac football. There's yes. I, nothing Every makes me Tuesday happier night. than Maxion on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Nothing makes me happier than watching Drew's Central not Michigan play against Western Michigan. Uh, you know the, the Chippewas against the Broncos, where there's absolutely nobody in the stands, and, and the few people that are there just look cold and miserable. Nothing gives me more joy than than Mac than Maxion on a November night. When I was growing up and we had the CFL in the summertime on ESPN, I would just watch every CFL game and became a huge CFL fan. So it's weird just what what you draw yourself to. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you finish your post-game duties quick enough, you could probably haul down for the, the West Final, the, the Bombers and the Lions uh, All right. after, after the Jets game this afternoon. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. <laughs> we'll Mike, hook you up with the ticket, Mike. Yeah, well, we yeah. brought you on to talk we about know people. The, the Dallas Stars, uh, you know, we were talking about this really throughout the show. You know, you look at these two teams, you look at this game, you know, these are two teams, the Dallas Stars, I think a lot of people had high expectations for them at the beginning of the year. They've met those expectations in terms of their record, certainly. Uh, the Jets, people were unsure, but the Jets have been playing some good hockey as of late. 
I look at these two teams, forward depth is impressive on both sides. The goaltending is impressive on both sides. I give an edge probably to the stars on the back end and maybe with the forward depth as well. But I see these two teams as being pretty evenly matched. And and this should be an entertaining game tonight or this afternoon in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. Uh, The interesting part about the stars is as, as much as their record is good, their actual analytics of what they've been doing is up and down. It's very inconsistent. And so they're really pushing for a consistent performance. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, even last game, they won five to two, but they were down two nothing. And uh, the first period was a, a bit of a mess for the first 10 minutes. So they're trying to, they've got a lot of stuff they're still trying to iron out. Like, I got to ask you about Matthew Shane. He missed, uh, I think it was one game. Was it upper one body? Game. Yeah, it was just one game. I thought he might have missed more, but I checked this morning uh, and it was only the one game. And then obviously he comes back. Uh, and then he had three points against Columbus. You mentioned the Stars beat the Blue Jackets uh, 5-2. And, you know, I got to say, and it's not just because you work for the Dallas Stars. Ask Drew, <laughs> like, when Duchesne was bought out by the Predators and the Stars draft, uh, pardon me, signed him to that one-year $3 million contract, I'm thinking to myself, like, is that the best, you know, signing of this offseason? Like, I, and I, I really, there were some okay signings, but, like, right. you know, for me, a guy a couple years ago had 80 points. And as Drew mentioned, I mean, the Dallas forward depth, I mean, maybe with the exception of the Vegas Golden Knights and a few other teams, you know, if you can have Matt Duchesne uh, and Mason Marchment, and I, I think is Jamie Ben the other player on that line? Tyler Sagan. Tyler Sagan. So, I mean, that's yeah. a, a first line. line. <laughs> it's incredible. So a first line on, on some teams, right? So I guess how would you kind of assess, you know, Matt Duchesne's first 10 or 11 games with the Stars? Obviously, you know, he's been putting up some good offensive numbers so far. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the the best value in free agency. I, I agree. One, because it's only $3 million, And two, because he's an unrestricted free agent after this season. And mm-hmm. so where the stars are right now with how much money they've given to Rope Hintz or to Miro Haskinen, they kind of have to have those guys. You know, they waited till later in the season to get Max Domi last year. But this clearly is an upgrade on Max Domi. And I like Max Domi, but... This guy can do a lot of different things. He loves to have the puck on his stick. He loves to control the pace of play. Uh, and he's just starting to fit in. Um, it, it's interesting. The other part is when you do get bought out, uh, it, it's a kick in the gut. And, and I think he felt that. And so he's coming in here with that motivation to kind of prove Nashville wrong and say, look, I'm only, I think he's 31, 32 years old. And, and I've got a lot of a game left in me. And, and I think the, the, you know, they are a defensive team and their numbers haven't been great just yet offensively, but I think the the potential for him to have a good offensive season this year is, is right there. Yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, defensive team. They've given up the fourth fewest goals in the league at 30. You mentioned, you know, the offense hasn't necessarily been clicking there towards the bottom in terms of goals for. Is that, you know, is that a concern? Does that speak to sort of some of the, the inconsistency that you mentioned, you know, as it pertains to sort of the uh, finding their game on a consistent level? Is the, is, the, is the offense what needs to sort of get going so far this year? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Honestly, the offense would be better if the details of the game were better, I think, because mm-hmm. you watch them and they're sloppy at times. And they're, you know, they will go and get outshot, you know, 14 to three, one period, then they'll outshoot the other team 14 to three, the next period. And so when their details are on, they really are an aggressive offensive team that pushes the puck into the offensive zone and keeps it there. Uh, When the details are off, they're chasing back to their goal. And, you know, you mentioned their defense is, is, you know, pretty good. Miro makes it really good. Uh, But 
you know, they do have some holes. They're trying to work in Nils Lundquist, as I pronounce it, Lundquist, and uh, Thomas Harley. And those are young defensemen. And, and it mm -hmm. takes young defensemen a little while to get better. And so uh, the three interesting areas are the power play is terrible right now, 9.1%. It was 25% last year. So they have to fix that to fix the offense. Right. The starts have been terrible. They've been outscored 6 to 13 in first periods. They outscored teams by like 20 in first periods last year. And then their face-offs, which has been good for six years, are below 50%. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so if they don't have the puck, then it's hard to control the puck. And, you know, it just goes to the details of the game. And uh, Pete said yesterday, he goes, you know, Face-offs are a team stat, and if you're losing face-offs, then that kind of talks about the competitive level of your team. And so, you know, he says it's an area they really have to improve. So all that stuff combined, they have a lot of areas where they can improve. And if they do, I think the, the goal scoring will go up. Everything you just said, Mike, you know, sounds very familiar to, I'd say, Winnipeg Jets fans, <laughs> where the, the details might not be right, but then it sounds like they're getting bailed out by their world-class goaltender, something yes. that Winnipeg fans can can totally relate to. So is is that is is this, is this been Jake Ottinger's show, really, by and large, significantly? He, he is clearly the MVP this year, but what's interesting about Jake is he he gives them a chance to find their legs. And so they have these bad starts, but then once they find their legs, you know, they, like I said, they can outshoot a team 14 to three in the second period. And Jake's just sitting back there in a rocking chair. So it, it comes and goes. And then, you know, at the end of games, if they're trying to protect the one goal lead, he's been spectacular. He really, he's been their, their best player all year, but they haven't had the lean on him all the time. It's just been really inconsistent. And speaking of that really neat leads nicely into my next question, Mike, you, wrote, <laughs> you wrote about this on DallasStars.com. You also wrote about the face-offs face -offs, as you touched on. Matt Duchesne, I believe, is leading the, yeah. the Stars in face-offs, and he's always been a good face-off guy. But I wanted to ask you about the power play. I'm not sure what's going on in the central because I think you've seen where the Blues power play is at. It was at yeah. like 3.7%. I'm not sure what it's at 2. right 2. now. 2.9% is where yes. it's at. Yeah. On worst. And, and, and honestly, I don't want to pick on the St. Louis Blues here, but I mean, the, and they are in a wild card spot, so they've been actually not bad this year, but I don't even know, like it's absurd, you know, that your power play could be that low, but Dallas is 29th in the NHL right now. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've been following the Jets power play specifically, but they are now 18th in the NHL, but they were around, you know, 24th or 25th a couple of weeks ago, and they've turned it around. But in your opinion, like, I know it's hard to necessarily put your finger on one thing, but when you're talking about, you know, Jason Robertson and you're talking about Rupe Hintz, Tyler Sagan, Miro Heiskanen, I mean, the 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 talent on Matt Duchesne, I mean, there's a lot of talent. So what what is really the, the big issue with the power play? Because it seems to me like that's really surprising that they're, you know, bottom five in the league right now. Yeah, I think it's in their head. Uh, I really do. The first unit should be spectacular. It was last year. It's the exact same unit. So it's uh, Haskinen with Pavelski, Robertson, uh, Jamie Benn, and uh, Hint, Rupe, Rupe Hint. And so, I mean, that's that's one of the big reasons they were 25% last year. I think they were fifth in the league. Uh, and then the second unit has been improved with Duchesne. And then uh, Dadanoff was added last year. And then uh, uh, Wyatt Johnston, I think, has been very good. Uh, they're still looking for a second quarterback. Nils Lundquist started. Now they're kind of making Haskinen take all two minutes. Uh, because they are, you know, panicking a little bit. But I, do, they have the personnel. But I do think it's in their head where they're like, "Oh no, we didn't score. Now we got to go and try even harder. We got to." They, they haven't relaxed, 
And I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, the first unit, especially when it's flowing, uh, you know, Pavelski with the tips, Jamie Ben with the rebounds, it just kind of happens. The puck gets to the net, think good things happen. Right now, the puck's not getting to the net as much as it should, uh, you know, and I do think they're panicking in their breakouts. And the other thing is, uh, I think other teams have seen this group of five and they kind of know what this group of five is going to do as they try and enter the zone. And so they look for pressure points and they try and break things up. And, and you know, Miro can't do it all. And so I think sometimes he tries a little too hard, but it, I think the potential is there for them to get that fixed. And, you know, maybe not 25 by the end of the season, but they're going to be at 20%. Well, and it's very that. early, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard to see the stars staying in, in 29th. Like you said, I don't know if they turn it around and, and, you know, they get to the uh, the top five, but to your point, I just think that, you know, if there's one team that that has surprised me, St. Louis, I get it. I mean, St. Yeah. Louis, they've lost Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, but like you said, the stars power play, uh, is is very similar to last year. So yeah, I, top I, I five think, is the same. Yeah. And then obviously they ho- they're hoping it starts this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> the Jets Jets fans might disagree a little bit, but yeah, I think it's uh, not going to be 29th for very much longer. Yeah, they can wait till Minnesota tomorrow. There sure. you go, Mike. Mike Heike is our guest on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Mike covers the Dallas Stars for DallasStars.com. You know, Mike, we were talking about the defense, and you know, the the top three I would say for the Stars are are fairly well known. You know, Suter, Heiskin, and Lindell. Those are the guys. You know, Brian Suter. Everyone knows him. You know, his his lengthy career obviously winding down, but he seems like he's sort of found the fountain of youth a little bit uh, so far this year. Miro Heiskin and an all everything defenseman on the back end. The 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 other. Th- three defensemen, the Thomas Harleys, the Lungfist, the Hackenpahs, you know, how do they complement the top three? I mean, especially a guy like Thomas Harley, who, you know, really, you know, spent most of the year last year at the AHL, really came on during the playoffs. I think he played 19 games uh, for the Stars in the playoffs and has been a regular this year. How are those sort of, uh, how are Harley in particular, how is he sort of uh, growing into the role as an NHL regular now? He might be the best news on, on the back end. Uh, so last year, so he got into this mix where he got into the bubble actually at whatever 19 and Mm -hmm. stayed up there and actually played one playoff game up in Edmonton when the stars went to the final. And, uh, I think that really helped him, but then he came in and, and it got into his head. You know, he's a young defenseman. He's trying to play in the NHL. I think it just got to be too much. So when they sent him to the AHL last year, they actually had a plan to try and keep him there. And then the entire back end was pretty much healthy all year. So they that allowed them to keep him in the minors for 60 games, which he said was the best thing in the world for him. Because that coming up and going back, coming up and going back, it messes with your head when you're a young defenseman. And so he said he goes, he got to settle in. He got to just work on his defense. Uh, they didn't even have him on the power play last year, I don't think. It was mostly penalty kill and playing defensive hockey. And that helped his game. And then when he did come up, he was great. Uh, he was really a very good defenseman in the playoffs in high-pressure situations last year. So I think the opportunity, I think he's 21 now, the opportunity is there for him to be their second-best defenseman. I know Essa is really good and has played very well. Uh, I know Suter, you know, eats up 19 minutes a night. Uh, but as we look forward, I think Thomas Harley is, you know, because a lot of fans will look at that group of defense and say, we need something else. We need something more. And I think Thomas Harley is something more. Uh, and so it's just a process of getting him there and letting him play the whole season. But I've actually been impressed with him in the first 11, 12 games. He's, he's been very solid. Nils, Nils is a little bit of a, um, cause he's a skilled defenseman. He's smaller. Uh, I think, uh, uh, he gets targeted a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, Harley's a big, strong guy. They're not going to go after him. Nils, they go after him a little bit. And so I think that 
hurts him a little bit. But Harley, I, I really do think that he's where they hope to improve the defense in the next year or two. Mike, I wanted to ask you about a couple of players with the Texas Stars. I think I know you know <laughs> who I'm going to ask you about because we follow the the AHL. Uh, maybe not uh, not as closely. Dave Manuk does follow the Moose more closely than than Drew and I. But Texas, of course, is a rival of the Manitoba Moose. And Logan Stankovin and Maverick Bork, they're high draft picks. Uh, Stankovin was a second rounder, and Bork was a, a late first rounder. But both those guys over a point a game and then I you know I follow the stars of course because they're in the Jets division and right. I know there were some fans that were hoping one of those guys would be called up and I'm, I'm not sure if that was a cap issue because I read that there might not be enough cap space but I mean I guess uh you know how exciting is that for stars fans to know with all this forward depth that the stars Dallas stars currently have uh and then you've got guys like Logan Stankovan and, and Maverick Bork who are probably you know a year or less away from you know making that jump to the NHL yeah, I, I, the Stankoven one, obviously, because of his numbers in junior hockey, really opened the eyes of a lot of uh, fans. Uh, and then he's good. I mean, I, I like watching him. I go up to Traverse City uh, every uh, year for the junior uh, the uh, tournament there, and yeah. he has been he's been really dynamic. In fact, you can argue that last year he was better than Wyatt Johnston, but because of the situation with Johnston, uh, they decided to bring him in and let Logan stay out in Kamloops. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a situation that they're looking at now. And it's, it's funny because what happened with Thomas Harley, I think they're looking at uh, uh, Bork and Stankoven as saying, shouldn't we just leave them down there as much as we can? And they really are. Their numbers are through the roof. And, and I, I do think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to bring one up at some point in time. But you're right. The cap situation is difficult um, if they were to suffer some injuries that were longer term. Uh, Braddock Fox was out five games and then Duchesne was out one game. That's why they had to go with the 11-7 format for one game. And that's when the fans are like, well, why aren't we calling up Logan? And they're like, well, you know, they could have made it, worked it around, I think, and, and tried to make it work. But they're just like, one, we can deal with this for one game. And two, let's let them sit down there and let's let sure. them continue to have success in the AHL. Um, uh, Bork is interesting because this is his second year in the AHL. And so I think they think, and this is me just putting words in their mouth, but that's what I do. Uh, I think they think that that Bork is closer to being ready for the NHL than Logan is. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, and a lot is going to depend on how they do in the, you know, in the coming month or so and what kind of injuries they have. Um, but, you know, a lot of times when they make those decisions, you know, it's, it's based on how the player is playing right now. So if they get an injury and it's a skilled player, you know, then they'll look and they'll say, okay, we think that Bork is more ready than Stankoven is, or we think Stankoven's more ready than Bork is. I, I can't see them both coming up at any point in time, but I will say this, and I'm going on about this, but I honestly think that fans look around and they see Patrick Kane or they you know, see a, a tempting free agent out there and say, why don't we go get that guy? And I'm like, you don't need him. You've mm -hmm. got these two guys. Concentrate on maybe getting a defenseman at the trade deadline, but your forward depth is incredible right now. When you look at what Wyatt did last year and you look at these two guys and you look at, you know, the fact that Robertson's only, uh, what is he, 24, uh, you know, you really have a great group of forwards, 25 and under, you know, and, and you're in a good place. Mike, last question for you, then we'll let you go. You mentioned just uh, Wyatt Johnston and a tremendous year last year. Uh, you know, former first a really round good player, pick, a 2021 yeah. first round, <laughs> Very terrific good. player. You know, 40 points last year. You know, played you know all 19 games in the playoffs last year. So he's a fixture, no question about it, for the Dallas Stars moving forward. 
how has what does he want to sort of bring to his game or add to his game as he's now in his second full year at the NHL level? He's a really smart player, and I always say this. We have our own little podcast. I say smart players get smarter. Right. They know how to process the information they're getting. He lives with Joe Pavelski. He lived with him last year. He's living with him now. So that means he's driving to the rink with him every day. He's talking after games with him every day. And I just think that's just a wonderful opportunity for a young player. He's 20 years old. And, you know, so Joe might be the smartest player you know, on this team and and maybe one of the smartest in the league. And so why it's like that. So why it gets this information He's a very quiet guy. Uh, and so he processes the information. And so I think he looks around and says, I can do this better. I mean, clearly, you know, young players, your faceoffs have to be better. He's a center. He's, mm. you know, second line center, basically. So he gets a lot of opportunities. And so, you know, that's one thing he can be better at. Uh, two, you know, can he be better on the power play? That second unit needs a little more leadership, could he actually step up and start being the guy who is driving the second unit? And Duchesne's on there now, so that's going to be a, a big part of it too. But things like that. And then three, defensively, I think he's actually been much better. He's uh, he's not a big guy, but he, he doesn't back away from battles. He goes in and, and wins one-on-one battles. And I think he that's an area that he's already improved on. Mike Heitka covers the Dallas Stars for DallasStars.com, one of our longtime favorite guests here on the program. Mike, enjoy this afternoon's contest. Let's go, Chippewas. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you Cheers, soon. Mike. We'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Always great to catch up with Mike Heitka. Nobody knows that, and you know this, yeah. nobody knows the Dallas Stars like Mike, and that's why we always have him on. Well, we, we try to always have him on when the yeah. Jets are playing the Stars. Obviously, the Stars and the Jets play a lot in the central division against each other, but, uh, and he's just I, a great guy. We've got to know him and, yeah. uh, just an awesome dude. I can't get over the parallels between the stars and the jets, especially when it comes to the, the forward depth. It's going to be a the, battle this afternoon. Like, on the these back are the, end. These, these yeah. are the types of team, like these teams are going to be battling for, you know, first, second, third in the central, right? Like, mm-hmm. even though I put the avalanche as the best team, I don't think the Avalanche are necessarily going to be like 10 points ahead of these teams by the time the season's over. Like, I I think it's a three-headed monster at the top of the Central. I really do. I think it's the Jets, Stars, and the Avalanche. And like I said, I still think the Avalanche and the Stars, I would give them an edge over the Jets, but it's it's a smaller edge uh, than maybe in, in years past. But you throw in Matt Duchesne. I just don't, you know, I don't think the the Avalanche don't have the same forward depth that the, that they've had in years past especially without you know Gabe Landeskog we know he's not going to be playing this season um you know their defense is, is better than both the Jets defense and the Stars defense I mean you know I don't need to go I would through agree the names with that, yeah. but you know I, mean, I don't you think could, you could just I mean Kale McCarr mm-hmm. I mean that's all you, that's you, just, need, that's to all you say, need to say right? yeah that's right Kale McCarr is, is all you need to say on that one yeah. um I I don't think that the yeah the the Avalanche are, are you know they're still fantastic hockey Team. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think their their forward depth isn't what it once was. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think they're still the best team in the central, like you said. So I agree with you there. But uh, the gap between the the small the stars, gap. The, the gap between the stars and the Avalanche is shrinking. Yes, yes. And, and that's and that's why these yeah. are going to be such great games. Like these are going to be absolute battles. Because I mean, it's not just about today's game. The Jets and the Stars know yeah. that that the other team the opposite team is going to be like you know their impediment to winning the central division and right. you know getting to the second round i mean this could be a potential first round playoff matchup 
I, yeah. I that's the way I'm looking at it. In a, in a, in a two three matchup in the in the central division, nobody would. I don't think anybody would blink an eye if that turned out to be the case. You're you're and the Jets two point right, haven't played the Stars in the first round. No, or, or at all. Or if playoffs. I'm they haven't played yeah. in the playoffs at all. You're right. Yeah. So you know, the series that would be true. Yeah, well, we got about uh, we still got about another yeah, got uh, seventy or so playoff games or regular season games before yeah. we have to uh, shift our focus. We to have that. a lot of tough duck toques to give away between there now and go. the playoffs, and you will give away a tough duck toque later on this evening on the Illegal Curve post game. Might show. have to give you... Joe Pascucci one for bailing me out here. There you go, you alongside Joe Pascucci around four thirty this afternoon after the Jets and the Stars, and fortunately before the Bombers and the Lions. So simply just keep it locked to Illegal Curve if you're. Driving from the arena to the stadium, just make sure you pull up our post game show in your car, pull it up on your YouTube channel, and you can listen to the dulcet tones of Mr. Ginsburg and Mr. Pascucci talking about everything that happens this afternoon when the Dallas Stars and the Winnipeg Jets do battle in downtown Winnipeg. And if you're going to be indulging in a legal curve farmery light beer available online, and at Two Donald, the farmery yes. retail location. So if you are going to be indulging in a few icy beers, make sure you do so responsibly, right? Like take a cab, take the bus, whatever. Yes. Don't drink and drive. I mean, it's going to, it's, let's be honest. I mean, especially, you know, if the Jets win, I mean, it's going to be a big party in the city, but I mean, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, drinks flowing this afternoon and tonight. So just, you know, drink responsible, responsibly. From the most responsible member of the legal curve, just no listen question. to me. Yes, and when on that on those lines, and I want to be done by eleven o'clock so that uh, people, you know, the Remembrance Day ceremonies begin. I think sharp at eleven, so I want to be done in the next uh, minute or so. A big thank you to everybody for joining us this morning. In case you missed any of the interviews with Ted Wyman or with Mike Heika, they're available on the YouTube channel. They're available on our podcast edition of this show. So be sure to subscribe here, there, and everywhere. Big thanks to all the sponsors who make this show the Saturday, the post game show, and the website a possibility our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club linden market dental center zapia group realty betway tough duck boston pizza seagram's rollies transfer the rink guys and of course farmery beer home of illegal curve lager as he's got it up there on the screen reminder post game show 4 30 this afternoon keep it locked to illegalcurve.com between now and then for your latest jets and moose news and audio Enjoy today, everybody. It's a super sports Saturday. As as he mentioned, do so responsibly. Please, a moment of reflection for all those who have served our country and continue to do so. For Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, for Dave Manuk, too, even though he left early. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.